everybody. Welcome to Your Place in Space, the Nebula podcast. Today, we are joined by a good friend of mine, Tim, and we're going to talk about money, space money. Uh, Tim, as far as Earth is concerned, you and I have extensive experience in finance, real estate, uh, intelligence on your side of things. Uh, but the concept of financing and financial infrastructure, I think in general, um, some people may not be aware of all the mechanisms available for terrestrial industry and all the mechanisms that are not available for space uh, and is really uncharted territory. Right. So you, obviously, I think everyone listening has at least heard my background in telecom finance, um, but you're the executive, uh, executive director at the Association for Space Finance, uh, but I know you through the Foundation for the Future. Uh, you want to explain a little bit of your background and, and how we're going to do it? Yeah, yeah. No, glad to. Thanks for having me here. Um, so I'm, uh, you know, as you alluded to, a uh, former uh, Army intelligence officer, did about 10 years uh, in Army Special Operations Units, um, Iraq, Afghanistan, lots of fun places. I don't recommend going, but uh, left there uh, and ended up at the CIA. Uh, and so, you know, it's sort of the American, traditional American story. You leave your hometown in Alaska, go into the army, see Iraq, end up at the CIA. Um, and ended up at the CIA space department where I saw how the policy community reacted to space force standing up. One of the things I was doing there was providing insight to the national space council on threats to the civil, commercial, and military space assets. And um, once Space Force stood up, there is like this sense that, oh, thank God, the military is here to do all those things NASA's bad at, like economic development. And, you know, I was horrified. Like, I was one of those people uh, winning hearts and minds and nation building in Iraq and Afghanistan, and we were bad at it. It's not for any lack of trying, it was just we were trained to break things and not to build. And so it horrified me that the military was once again being thought of in this role and being thought of in that role, not in a country that was in the middle of nowhere, so to speak, but in the next frontier for human existence. So I, uh, I realized that I, I couldn't affect the change I wanted to from inside the CIA what we did was security related. What needed to be talked about was economic related. And so I used COVID as an excuse to pivot, uh, jumped ship and started the Foundation for the Future, which is a nonprofit focused on the industrial policy of space. Um, and we're, you know, here talking about one of the subsidiaries, the Association for Space Finance, that really hones in on that finance piece of industrial policy and how to incentivize financial development so first of all thank you for your service um completely makes sense you would go from army intelligence to finance and economics makes great yeah. <laughs> i'm glad you are um you know my my background I, I own some real estate there are an insane amount of tools available to definite real estate definitely the difference between residential and then commercial and then inside commercial of all these different things there's yep. uh, government programs government backing government support there are plenty of lenders. There are debts, the debt you can get from lenders. There's equity you can get from a different group of people. There's investment you can get from people for the business that's inside the real estate. I mean, it's it's a plethora. It's it's obviously the most secure um, investment there is, and it's the most mature. 
Yep, yep. At real estate for quite some time. Uh, and it's a really good, to me, it's a really good template of like, well, we should probably take all the good things that are working here and do something with speed. Um, and I, one, I don't know if, um, unless you're in real estate, I don't know if most people know just how many things there are there to support. Uh, uh, they, there's, there's no reason to know yeah. um, because it just works. And so it just blends into the background. Yeah. And then you go into the space. And <laughs> this is, it's like, I mean, it, people keep calling it the Wild West, the New Frontier, whatever you want to call it. Like, we're thinking through these things, which I find is a, a you know, if I was listening to this, I'd be inspired that, wow, I can help set the tone. I could yeah, be a exactly. movement. Um, now, the flip side of that is, man, you're going to be, you know, going fighting uphill like you are, literally on the hill trying to get signatures and things like that. Um, so, so how do you see the current space economic uh, tools or, or finance, however you want to describe that? Well, you know, I, I like that you were sort of comparing it to how we do real estate. Uh, because, you know, when you look around the world, the U.S. is one of the easiest places, easiest and or cheapest places to buy personal homes. And that's because almost a century ago, the U.S. government decided this is an, a priority for us, in part to prevent, you know, veterans coming home from World War II from rioting and pillaging, um, which is what happened after World War I. But the idea was, hey, we've got to make it economical for people to be able to own their own homes as a source of wealth and stability. And so the government incentivized a, a market for the debt that veterans and regular people would have uh, and created these organizations, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Jenny Mae. For the most part, people who know them probably only know them from the 2008 financial crisis when things went sideways. But that was 70 plus years of these institutions being quasi-government, meaning they didn't take government money every year. Um, basically securing the home loans of 70 to 90% of all homes in the country. Uh, and they did that basically by loan guarantees, guaranteeing that a bank was going to get some portion of the money back if you, the uh, borrower, didn't pay up. And it was that simple. Um, in hindsight, it was, it's massively elegant. Yes. But, uh, Space, um, space has got billionaires. It's a little different. So it's got billionaires. They do guarantee their own loans, um, and government contracts. And that's almost it. Yep. It's, uh, yeah. You've got, um, I mean, from my perspective as an entrepreneur, you've got people that'll take a share at company. Yep. Um, and then you got, <laughs> I don't want to, uh, I'm going to say this. Uh, we got like loan charts, right? You do factoring. Like, uh, yeah. all right, I'll give you some pennies on the dollar type scenario there. You get cash. Um, but it's really, really difficult. And yeah. I think there's a such a huge opportunity with being able to, to find that and having, having a, you know, a, a, an organization like yours tackling that phenomenon. I mean, we were just on a call thinking about, again, comparing opportunity zones, innovation zones. And you yep. label, you know, space as an innovation zone. That's another huge, oppor uh, huge opportunity for, I think, for, for space and, and where we can be. But where do you feel 
Well, well I'll, I'll let you make a comment or if you have any comments. Well, no, I was just, you know, I was just thinking, you know, we, it, it's almost as though we want space to be different. We, we as the collective public, yeah. like space is this precious thing. Um, and the rest of what, where we live is boring, <laughs> but it works. And, uh, yeah, it's odd. You know, I'll tease on that a little bit. I, I have this battle constantly with trying to help people understand that space is an asset. And yep, yep. it's got things that are unique to it that can be beneficial. You know, like the fact that it's a vacuum, the fact yeah. that it's cold, the fact yeah. that, it, you know, you can go so fast. Like, these are all assets. And I, I, I feel, in, again, in the general public understanding, it is like this it, almost ethereal thing that they don't understand that's too far away it's too different and mm-hmm. to bring it back to you know this is an asset how do i how do i leverage this for us yeah see with our computing business and and watching summerlink do this right yeah yeah example, like i say god i say it on every podcast at this point there's a <laughs> five telephone poles for att to connect the united states with telephone yeah i have a thousand cell towers to for to connect the united states order of magnitude less infrastructure increasing capability yep yep now since starlink satellites again order of magnitude less infrastructure order of magnitude more capability but starlink is connecting the whole world yeah it's an asset to be leveraged people oh yeah like a billionaire playground like just you gotta think through it like let's get get at it yeah 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 no completely i don't think the general public really has has made that cognitive change of like oh it's this ethereal thing no it is a an asset for us to leverage. Yeah. No, it really is, you know, internet 1990s where there's a sense in the public that like, eh, it's a fad. It'll go away. It'll maybe, yeah. um, but it's a, it's a good analogy too. Yeah. There, it's this, it's an interesting thing. Everybody's like kind of geeky about it. And the people who know about it are like, no, no, this is the thing. We yeah. Do. So, so tying it back down to finance, where are you seeing, um, do you see the infrastructure coming together? I mean, you're literally in this, right? I mean, this is what you guys are doing. I mean, you're talking to, you know, different senators, congressmen, all that stuff. What are you seeing come together now? Yeah. So we're seeing that there is broad agreement that government can't fund space forever. Um, and that we don't want to be beholden to a handful of billionaires. And that's where you know the agreement sort of stops um it's been an interesting two years uh coming out uh launching our programs advocating for policies um in this era where typically four to five thousand laws are passed every two-year cycle we might have cleared a hundred laws passed last year um so it it not much was moving People weren't talking. It was weird. Um, but there is a sense that like something, this can't keep going. And the idea of creating an entity or giving the authority to an existing entity to help guarantee that the private market will finance things, uh, it's a, it's appealing. You know, on the right, they like the idea that it's not spending new money. On the left, they like the idea that it can 
help fund the creation of jobs uh, that, you know, in the Rust Belt and places that are, you know, good union jobs, so to speak. Um, so there, it's just getting them coalesced around the same idea uh, has been a real challenge. <laughs> um, it's like herding cats. Um, it, yeah. <laughs> and the cats have their own agenda. We're just participating in their world. Yep. Uh, it really is. Um, and it's, you know, we've seen that there's, there's been a, there really has been a recognition that space is important yes. and that's good. Yes. Um, the next step we see is that, okay, now Mr. Senator, Miss Congresswoman, you're not on the space panels, but it's still important to you. And so yep. that's been the next step that we've been taking to educate them on financial services committees or agriculture committee, um, getting them up to speed. It's an interesting, it's just an in interesting position. And, and again, I'm, I'm glad that you're there. I would, <laughs> um, I'm, I am not the right person to be there. I'd be banging my head against the wall. I'd be so stressed out and frustrated. Uh, I get, I mean, I get, I get frustrated at times just in my side of the world. Um, thinking about, you know, how do we, how do we keep going? How do we go faster? How do we name it? Yep. Yep. Dealing with things that, you know, where you have such slow, slow moving animals. Do you, do you see a, a commercial opportunity? I mean, I, I, I agree that it shouldn't be on billionaires. And one of my motivations is to make money so that I can fund my own projects. Brain, oh, exactly. There isn't a way to do it right now. Yep. And that's been my focus. And then when I meet you and I talk to you and I'm like, all right, great. I can't, can't wait for all of these things to be there. I'm going to keep doing my thing. But once this gets there, it's just going to, you know, it's going to take off and accelerate, yeah. grow exponentially. Do you see any, any, um, commercial or private, um, opportunities? I mean, we talk about, you know, private equity and equity, VC to that kind of stuff. They want a piece of your company. Do you see any other mechanisms happening outside of the government? Um, so not that are being tried in the space sector, but there are some that might work. Um, so there's, there's recently been this idea of combining venture capital and, um, donation based charity. So essentially a nonprofit owns a venture fund. Um, and both of them are investing in transformational change. And so a lot of this is around like climate change or hunger or things that you would traditionally get donations for. But the idea is that the nonprofit takes the tax deductible donations, can get grants, and they invest that into companies trying to solve this problem. Their venture fund now takes investment from high net worth individuals, banks, etc., makes that same investment any of the profits are then shared um, and help fund the operations of everything. Um, but like you can problem. merge that sort of, it's not public-private, but it's public. It, I mean, in a way, I guess it is public-private because it's a you know public charity working with private capital. Um, and I do think there's an avenue for some of that related to maybe space debris or uh, things like that that could have that appeal um, there is a case for like a private, uh, loan guarantee system. It's, it's just a narrow path and yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. 
Harv, Harv is correct. I mean, um, if, if it wasn't, everybody would be doing it. Fair. One of the things I reflect back, you know, going back to what space is and what space isn't, I, I don't think people realize how early we are in what, um, yeah. because we get so much benefit from space today. People don't even register that yet. We're at the infancy of what we actually need. If you think about it from an infrastructure perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always, I always like in, you know, Starship being, or Musk being like Vanderbilt, right? He built, mm-hmm. he, he was the boat guy moving yeah. up and trains came up. He jumped right into that, became the, the, you know, the train guy and moving data and opening up train lines and opening up new territory because he had the access to it. Yeah. Yeah. Elon's, that's, that's all, that's where we're at. The fact that Elon is now doing Starlink is because he needs the funds to be able to right. public on, which we've been benefiting off for decades. Yeah. And the bias ads, the backhaul, all that stuff, cell tower backhaul. I mean, we were, we've been benefiting off of that for decades. Our phones work. You and I communicated the way we are. Yes. Primarily because of that entire infrastructure that's already been built. Yeah. I use the example of, um, you know, Cathal, all these cell tower companies specifically, billions of dollars of infrastructure went in before you could have the opportunity for it. Facebook or a yep. Google to exactly. uh, frustrates frustrates me to no end to hear VCs. We're just focused on software for space. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's like building one cell tower. Like, all right, we're good. We don't need any more infrastructure. We're just going to do some apps now. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I feel like he's, is there any talk about infrastructure bills or any of that type of stuff in the finance world? Uh, so there is a recognition, uh, in the finance world that there needs to be that infrastructure. And I, I have some of those same discussions with probably the same VCs, <laughs> um, about, you know, when I'm talking about some of these things, I get the question, like, who's the customer? Like, how are you going to pay for this? I'm like, the customer's been bored yet or the yeah. customer's currently napping and they're, you know, six months old. Yeah. Uh, like that's what you, that's your customer for infrastructure. But it, you know, in the finance world, infrastructure investors are these giant entities like BlackRock. You know, they've got trillions of a- trillions of dollars of assets under management. They make investments based on modeling the risk and then determining in fifty years are we still going to get money back from this? And so, uh, I deployed to Iraq a couple times with General Petraeus. Um, he's now, um, at BlackRock. Is he still at BlackRock? Anyway, for the sake of the story, he's at a large private equity firm. Yeah. Um, and I talked with him about space investing and he's like, look, it's cool. We need it. But like, I can't model the risk. I know what the return is going to be on a mine in Chile in 70 years. We haven't built the mine. But I know in 70 years, based on average inflation and everything else, how much money I'm going to be getting out of it per year. I don't know what's happening in space next month. How am I supposed to allocate money to that? And that was, you know, at that point was what it really hit me. Like, yeah, there's a business case for buying down this risk for space, but maybe it's not from the private sector. Yeah. Uh, this is this is something that you know, just like Vanderbilt with the railroad, he uh, had some assistance with making the projects for that infrastructure palatable. You know, for him it was land grants, 
maybe there's something similar for space. Um, and, you know, we've been talking whether it's directly buying down the risk with loan guarantees, tax incentives. There's a lot of ways the government can do it. Um, so, yeah. One, one thing that, you know, as, as I'm, I'm hearing you, you know, reference BlackRock and as, as I said, I was, I was a, a director at a wholly owned subsidiary of Blackstone. And when you think at that scale, I mean, these guys are, you know, decade long thinkers. Yeah, they're making really big. And there's, again, undertone of infrastructure that has already been built. It's already, it's already been established. Um, and there's, there's an understanding of, of what the benefit is. I still don't think we've moved that yet. It's on the cognitive side. It's like, um, when I, when I use, when I say cognitive, the thing I, I go to a lot is, if you ask somebody that's under 20 to search for something, they're so how to do something, they're going to go to YouTube. No, oh, right. 30 or close to 40, they're going to go to Google. Yeah. Like, if, if I would rather, I, for me, my experience was changing the battery of my car key one time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to Google and I read the steps. I was like, well, yeah, exactly. Right. I go to YouTube. I was like, oh, that's how you do it. <laughs> so there's this cognitive change, I think, still we need to understand. I mean, if you think about um, some of the benefits to society from an internet perspective, like mm -hmm. the height of the internet, yeah, yeah, yeah. For I don't think it's ever been accurate. I, I see the value. Of, oh no, the cost of solar. If you see any charts of you know, if you historically track what they they thought cost of solar would be, yeah. it is the constant like they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong, yeah. they're wrong, constantly wrong. And the value of the internet, it's like you're constantly wrong. It's always more. It's always more. It's always more. Yeah. And we're, we still only have, you know, just over half the world on the internet. So if there's a way to accelerate the ability to connect, um, and I would say from a, from a VC perspective, if there's any finance people listening to us now, trying to understand how to extend that, that's what Elon is getting his $3 billion of, of funding for something. Like, right, right. right. Um, so one other, one other thought that I, that I, I'm not sure you mentioned getting Republicans, getting Democrats, getting one side to, to coalesce on a single single idea. And right, there's there are a few things they're agreeing on. They finally agree on space. Yeah. Um when I when I look at uh, countries like China or Russia, um, they're very clear, extremely clear on yep. exactly what it is that they want and what they're going to do. Yep. And everybody falls in line. And they're making strides at exponential, you know, private commercial type speeds. Do you see any, um, is there any conversation around that of, of we need to get a vision together or is there, you know, at, at, a, at a, a White House level, executive branch level, is there conversation there? Yeah, there, there definitely is a lot of concern around, especially China now, Russia, uh, with it being bled white by Ukraine, um, not as much. But uh, China, there definitely is concern uh, about their capability in space. Um, they just had a space plane that's been up for a little while, released a satellite, um, and they, they still are saying this is like a commercial, uh, you know, yeah. use vehicle. Space Force um, disagrees politely. <laughs> um, but like, there's not a separation between their commercial sector and their military sector. And that's across the board, but space, uh, in particular. And so any of these advances they're making, 
there is a very clear recognition like no this is this is a serious threat this is this is a big deal uh i, I would caution against assuming that they're gonna gonna beat us because as, as we see with like their property investments uh they'll throw money at things long past when it's probably prudent so they are a concern inside government there is a lot of concern um but pretty sure we got this one appreciate <laughs> your enthusiasm um what is the trust but verify agreed agreed um one thing that if we go back again, going back in the history to the Vanderbilts and the Rockefellers, I mean, these guys had huge visions yeah. as well, right? You know, yeah. all the steel mills and, and reducing the price to just pennies. Right. JP Morgan doing the same thing on the financial side, ultimately, yeah. you know, US Steel as well. They're, again, we don't want to be beholden to billionaires, and that's that's our history. Yep, yep. History <laughs> as yeah. a country, buying presidents and such. Um, but there is, a reason that has happened. And there's a reason that China is able to do what it is. And that reason is well known. Yeah. We're not affecting that. I mean, what you're yeah. doing. And again, I feel, I feel for you. You have like, here's, here's the plan. Here's the finance mechanisms we need. Here's exactly how we can accelerate this clear as day. And you get people to buy into it, especially personally. And then when it comes to votes and things like that, you get all the political stuff. Like, I don't, I don't know how we can get out of our own way. I don't actually see that on the broader space side of things for for uh, democracy based entities mm. across the board, right? I mean, yeah, not Europe, not India. Nobody is is actually establishing a good vision. China, it's great, honestly, yeah. and their constitution is amazing. <laughs> so what you're doing on the finance specific, I think, is fantastic as well. So, is there uh, is there any any hope that we can see the the finance thing adopted at a broader scale? Yeah, I think so. Yes, to to directly answer rather than go into the the long answer first. Um, I think that we've seen over the past couple of years a lot more people in you know the House and Senate noticing that they don't like where the U.S. is sitting, whether it's in relation to China. In relation to billionaires, but they are seeing that space benefits them personally. And I say personally, and that's like good jobs for their district or their their state gets a lot of tax revenue from space companies. And so we've been leaning into that and highlighting that you know most of these space technician jobs pay twenty to forty percent higher than the national average. Um, for the same, same skills. It's, you know, if you can weld a wrench, you can weld a rocket, uh, to borrow from dodgeball. But, uh, that has started to, to help get traction that, oh, space creates jobs. Okay. That's cool. It's not just nerds shooting pallets of cash into the sky. Um, this is actual jobs. And I think the more the space community can talk about, the jobs they're creating, the types of jobs that then helps politicians when they personally like an idea, be able to justify it back to the voters. That's, that's the whole thing is meeting these, these people where they're at. Personalization. 
Yeah. That's again, you and I are out here beating the drum and hoping of the, the lots of the viewers and listeners here can can relate to but there's there's things happening at every level and ultimately comes down to making it personal. Hopefully we're it really does the interest that they need. So I want to close this segment down and, and move into the um, the second segment where we get um, even more fun um, and, and go over even other topics. But uh, for everyone listening, uh, thank you for listening today. Uh, if you want, if you're interested in learning more about space finance and, and what is happening, please go to f4fspace.org. That's Foundation for the Future uh, uh, space.org. F for the number four fspace.org. If you want more space industry news, uh, where we talk. With movers and shakers uh, like Ted and, and others, we uh, subscribe to our podcast here wherever you're streaming it. Uh, we also have a newsletter that sends out some pretty powerful content, keep you up to date, uh, up to date in just a few minutes. For those space insiders, join us uh, on the second segment uh, with Tim and I and our members only community, and you know where to find us. We will uh, see you on the flip side. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you all soon.